Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 36. Yesterday I talked about seeing clearly and we did a little exercise that was a bit like meditation. And like meditation, you may have found yourself feeling awkward or frustrated or or bored or like a bit of a twat and wondering, is something special supposed to be happening right now? Am I doing this right? Which is, is one of the reasons I like it so much as an exercise. It's five minutes where the music cuts out and you're left alone with your thoughts. Thoughts that are probably with you to a greater or lesser extent during every exercise. Have I understood the instructions properly? If I were better at writing or more artistic or more creatively attuned, would some magical process be taking place right now? Am I getting this wrong? Is this all pointless? And look, I'm not trying to pathologise, you know, this thought process. It's one that takes place when we do pretty much any task, right? As we progress, we periodically check in to evaluate whether the strategy we've adopted is working. And if we notice an error, we try to adjust our behaviour to improve our performance. Then once we've finished, we look back at how we did and ask, how well did that work? And if we find flaws or defects, which in most tasks we will, if we've got reasonable judgment, we speculate about ways we could do better next time. If you ever tried drawing a stick band with your eyes closed or singing while wearing headphones, you'll know the importance of accurate feedback to performance. More data is axiomatically better. How well are the behaviours I've adopted working in service of the goals I've met? If something seems to be going wrong or not working as well as it could, I course correct. And if you're, I don't know, doing some colouring in or something, you might be making hundreds of those tiny calculations every minute moving the yellow crayon down and left oops here's the edge of the line down and left is no good anymore as a behavior you want to stop now am i pressing too hard does this area need me to go back over it a second time should i switch colors now this mostly unconscious chatter of feedback loops performing evaluating adjusting testing the new behavior evaluating adjusting over and over you can get the same thing doing a puzzle, stacking dominoes, sorting rocks into pairs. None of which, by the way, we associate with stress or self-criticism, right? You know, any kind of task like that, that's simultaneously quite simple, but requires our concentration, we generally consider them pleasant meditative tasks, right? I suspect this is why I found myself drawn to rather dry mathsy board games in recent years. The boredom is is kind of the point, right? Like competing to see who can supply Germany with the most efficient energy infrastructure is a very low stakes process when it's fictionalised. You know, there are clear economic systems with numbers you can plug into them, tactical bits you can pick up and move around and a very definite measure in terms of points of how well you're doing. If you're an anxious person, as I historically have been, it's a very comforting world of known edges with clear boundaries. Creative writing a lot of time has none of that. When you sit down at your laptop or with your notebook, you could write about anything. The amount of time you need to spend is elastic and self-determined. Feedback on how well you're performing is ambiguous, limited and highly contingent on decisions you have yet to make, right? And previous decisions that are locked in place unless you actively return to the text you've written before and revise it, right? Also, if you're writing a novel, you might not be able to remember with any degree of accuracy how well you performed in previous sections, right? You cannot hold an entire novel word for word 
in your head. So you're operating off this vague heuristic. I, I think I did the first couple of chapters okay or bad. Who knows? So a long-term challenging task which provides ambiguous low-quality feedback both during and after. From the profile of novel writing alone, any motivational psychologist could tell you that creative writing is likely to be difficult and anxiogenic, which is my fancy word, not my fancy word, a fancy word for being anxiety producing. You know, in the old cosy murder mysteries where the train rattles through a tunnel and everything goes dark and when the lights come back on, someone's been stabbed with a turkey knife or no one could see. Well, writing is like travelling on a train through a series of miles-long tunnels with only brief flashes of light in between and you have no way of knowing whether you're going to look out the window and glimpse rolling trans-Siberian vistas or the final few feet of track and all your fellow passengers inside the carriage slumped into their Chateaubriands. Part of what you're doing with this set of exercises that I'm giving you is exposure therapy, right? You're building up your tolerance to the darkness and ambiguity that descends when we embark on a big writing project. I know that makes it sound rather scary and macabre, but it is sometimes, right? Some of your confidence is going to come from developing tangible skills and tactics so you have reasonable faith that this this thing we call writing, is a domain in which you're proficient. But some of it, as we move on, is going to come from your growing competence in editing and redrafting, knowing that you don't have to get everything right on the first pass, and in fact you never will, and that you have some moves you can apply later on, that you can kind of time travel, come back and fix your mistakes, you know, when you return to a piece of your writing. But some of it some of what you're getting from this, hopefully, is going to come from appreciating writing more as a process, one that's intrinsically worthwhile in and of itself in the moment, and not as a referendum on your right to exist as a human being. Trust me, you will never write a book so good that all your doubt evaporates. Because even when you do, right, let's say you just absolutely smash it, that book will immediately be something that happened in the past. An event in the past, written by past you, someone with different experiences, writing under different circumstances. Doesn't help the you in the present who needs not a set of medals pinned to your chest proving that, yes, well done, you're a decorated capital A author who deserves to be here, but an attitude of open curiosity, a hunger for growth and a bit of mischief. Speaking of which, we'd, we'd better write something, hadn't we? Sorry, I, I really could talk about the psychology of writing all day, the mindset, the meaning, yay, even whisper it, the spirituality of writing. Because if we're going to give a significant portion of our finite lives to it, this had better mean something, right? It had better be giving us something back in return. It would be a shame to get to the end of all this and realise, oh, I, I really ought to have spent all that time hugging the people I love or making novelty clocks or repenting my sins, wouldn't it? So in the session before yesterday, we talked about seeing clearly, but there isn't really one truth for us all to see clearly. And indeed, narrators who are absolutely convinced their perception of the world is the one true perception of the world are the most likely to be unreliable. So what's the alternative? Well, one option is to return to our alternative uses test. Do you remember that? Which, you know, it's really just an exercise in different ways of seeing the same object. You know, what could this object be? And to whom? Today you're going to do some lightning round writing, some flash fiction, a series of quick scenes, maybe just 
two or three sentences each. And each scene, each moment is going to contain your object from yesterday. We're going to call it five ways of looking at a dot, dot, dot. And then whatever the name of your object is, you know, five ways of looking at a Legend of Zelda mug, five ways of looking at a pill spacer, five ways of looking at a copy of the DSM-5 to give you an idea of the rather eclectic mix of items on my desk right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm really well. Um, so for each one, I want you to write just two or three lines as if it was a little snippet from a larger story featuring the item. You might have a character encountering the item. The object might be described by a first-person narrator. You might just be describing what and where it is. The purpose is to give the item a context, an environment, and a tone. We're taking this neutral thing, this intrinsically neutral thing, and we're imputing different meanings onto it. So, for example, with the uh, Zelda Wind Waker mug that I have on my desk, I, I might end up writing... Casper sifted through the rubble. Amongst grey ash that stuck to his palms in warm, damp flakes, he found a mug, the handle missing but otherwise intact, still hot from the flames. Or perhaps... She pours herself a peppermint tea and watches as the colour-changing panels fill from the bottom up with images of Link in heroic poses. Strange how something so simple feels so comforting. Or perhaps you might write... The mug hurtled across the room and shattered against the door... Don't break the circle, cried Reverend Lotzinger, and I felt his sweaty grip tighten on mine, half crushing my fingers. The light bulb above us began to flicker. Or, or, or whatever, you know, don't worry about quality. I certainly didn't there. Just jump between some quick scenes, some flashes that, you know, are putatively from longer works, uh, where your object has an incidental or even central role. I've said five ways of looking at, and I considered putting a bell every two minutes to help you space your writing and time yourself, but actually the number of scenes you write in today's exercise is completely irrelevant. You know, if you end up accidentally spending all your time on one, that's absolutely fine. If you do ten really, really quickly, that's fine too. So does that all make sense? I sure hope so. Right, you have ten minutes. Get ready. Three, two, one, go.
And that's it. That's the exercise. I hope that was useful. Um, this is us sort of screwdrivering open the paint tin on diving deeper into ways of seeing, if that's not mixing my metaphors too mind-bendingly. Um, we're not really working through modules on this 100 days. You know, I don't have sections or chapters that we complete and then it's like well done you've now finished style you've graduated from style we never have to think about it again we won't be hopping from one discrete topic to another because everything feeds into and enhances everything else but you're going to certainly feel our emphasis shifting you know our roving Sauron's eye uh, twisting as it tries to locate where we're at and uh, occasions where we return to something where we we've touched on it earlier you know sometimes we might be like very consciously jumping back to something we learned earlier armed with new knowledge to see if we can reintegrate it right thank you for bearing with me today uh, we'll do more tomorrow the 100 day writing challenge is made possible with the kind support of arts council england <laughs>